0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Mrs. Motivation with me your host Chrissy Clemente. Today I'm excited to have with me Mohamed Masaqua, who is an ex-NFL player best known for his time on the Cleveland Browns. He is currently a speaker and advocate for fitness, athletes in business, and amputee causes. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing today?
0: Good. Thank you so much. I'm honestly honored to have you on, and excited to hear your story. So I gave you a little bit of a brief introduction, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure thing. Uh, originally, Charlotte, North Carolina, went to the best university in the world, which is the University of Georgia. Uh, after that, was fortunate to be a second round pick in the NFL. Had a chance to play with the Cleveland Browns for a number of years, Jacksonville Jaguars, and. After that, was a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley, up until the point where I had a, a life-changing injury, which uh, shift course a little bit, where I had an ATV accident, which resulted in my left hand being amputated. Uh, so now I do a lot of speaking, uh, a lot of fitness, and understanding the transition for athletes, helping them uh, in their journeys post-playing.
0: Wow, so it sounds like you've been through a lot since leaving the NFL.
1: Uh, I I think I'd say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now I'm curious. What was your dream growing up? Was it was it football?
1: <laughs> it was always to be an athlete. Uh, football was one of those things that came a little later. Basketball was a thing that I really enjoyed playing. And I'm from North Carolina, so everybody wants to go to Carolina Duke. Uh, back in that day, even Wake Forest was good. NC State was good. So had had I grown to be like six five, six sixes. I think I would have stayed on the basketball court, but uh, football worked out all right.
0: You were the second draft pick, which I know that you mentioned, and you recorded two 100-yard receiving games in your rookie year.
1: Yeah, those, those were um, – Cleveland's a great great city, great fan base, and it's an organization now that I think is really doing some tremendous things to continue to get back to that uh, historic culture that they have, which, which is winning – and uh, coming in as a rookie, was one of those things where you're you're just playing your hardest out and uh, trying to string together some wins.
0: You know, I watch the NFL draft because I'm a huge Giants fan, and so you know you you watch those moments on TV where you get the call. And what was that like for you?
1: Well, I, I I'll say this as a Giants fan, you you, you could probably appreciate this. Hakeem Nicks is one of my best friends. He was actually in my wedding. And that day was was real special because we grew up together, went to the same high school and he got drafted by the Giants. And then I got drafted by the Browns. And you're literally sitting there and, you know, you're just waiting. You have no idea if you'll go first, if you'll go undrafted, anything in between. So you just sit by the phone. You hope that not too many people call you who are friends uh, checking in because you want to keep your lines open. 14 and then whenever you get that call you almost put, pass out because it's a dream come true and because of me and Hakeem, we we were in the same uh draft class and we were in the, in charlotte at the same time we actually you know met up later that night and just enjoyed enjoyed the night
0: that is amazing my father is actually a uh season ticket holder So I grew up in the football stadium, I'm in awe of what you guys are able to do, and uh, the passion inside that sport is something that I've just always loved. I've always actually wanted to be like one of those sideline photographers, but I was always afraid of getting knocked out.
1: (laughs) No, guys have good reaction skills, they they make sure they didn't run you
0: off. You
1: should should try it if you get a chance.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to. Um, That's amazing. And how many years did you stay in the NFL? For fives. And it was not always on the Browns, right? You were drafted to the Jaguars at some point?
1: No, I spent time with the Jaguars, spent time with the Jets, actually, and that was towards the tail end. Uh, The thing about football is that your body takes a toll, and at that point, my body was starting to break down, so I decided to hang it up.
0: So a little bit about me, or my background, is that I was a teacher for special ed, and recently injured uh, by one of the students. I was knocked out and I suffered a head injury. Mm, Sorry about that. No, that's all right, and and neck and back injuries. So I suffered a concussion and it's, you know, really changed my life and how many concussions did you suffer throughout your career that kind of like knocked you out a little bit?
1: I had a a good number, that's one of the reasons why I I stopped playing. I I had a big one in 2010 that, that changed a lot of things for me against the Steelers. And it's one of those things that I hope that in the NFL, they can figure out a way to avoid concussions and just head trauma altogether, just because it's such a beautiful game.
0: When you say that it changed a lot for you, what were some of the things that you experienced? Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's just different. I think like whenever you start to get those concussions and you see some of the um, the recent research as to what head trauma does, you just take it more serious and your recovery times a little different. Um, the way that you play the game starts to change a little bit. And whenever you're you're thinking about not getting hit or not getting injured, it's one of those things that you you just don't play the game the same. So I, I think a lot of guys just, they take it more serious now than before just because I don't think guys knew what head trauma meant or what it, what it was.
0: Yeah, that's something that I'm learning now. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you, you got hit in the head, you know, get back up and you keep going. But there's a lot more that goes with that. So I think that the education and head trauma and, and traumatic brain injury is very relevant and very important to spread. Especially because you only have this one body. It's not something that you can get back. So um, it's actually very admirable that you care to look about your health.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, I think everybody, um, we play playing a gladiator sport, but that doesn't mean that guys are going to be foolish um, about their long-term health. Uh, They're going to try to do the best that they can to make sure that they leave the game the same way they came in, which is as healthy as possible.
0: Do you feel like you were able to achieve your dream of being in the NFL and and doing your best at at that goal?
1: Well, it's something that like 0.001% of people get a chance to make it there, um, even less get drafted. So just the fact that all that came true, and, and now just the friendships, and the memories and just being able to continue to watch guys and support guys and, you know, live and play by character through them. I think it's something that uh, I don't even know how to put in the words or how to measure.
0: Right. So you have this kind of lifetime bond and, and you're able to also pass that forward on to other players through not only um, coaching others, but through supporting each other and young people and, and also people that you played with.
1: Well, I, I said, uh, I came to um, also played with the the Jacks. He's one of my best friends and, Basically, most of my like solid friendships have come through that game or, or, or sports in general. So I don't even know if you can measure just the impact of that that network, that that group of people, that bond that you share with them.
0: Right. I think that's everything in life. You know, you can go through different things, but it's all about the connections that you make and the networking that you do because lasting relationships are really what support you through life.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I I think that's the the beauty of life, just connecting with other
0: people. Now, when you left the NFL, you switched gears and you were a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. And you went to school for that?
1: No, I didn't. I was actually a psych major in in school. But it's one of those things that when you see how many guys go broke or you see how many guys struggle financially once they leave the game, it's important just to make sure that I I was doing what I needed to do and just having a closer look into what wall was going on in the finance world, not only for myself, but for other people as well who may have had questions.
0: Now, how did you fall into that?
1: Uh, It was random. I actually did a, a panel discussion that Morgan Stanley sponsored, and one thing led to another where we start to have conversations after that panel discussion, and it just made sense at that stage in life to see what it was all about. Um, they have a great sports and entertainment division where they do a lot of good work. They were working with some people. I knew some advisors over there. So I was like, hey, you know, this this is a good good place. It's a great firm. Obviously, they do great work. So it would be cool to be a part of it.
0: Is that something that you're still connected with?
1: Uh, just because it's it's a skill set that I'll, I'll have uh, whenever you um, – are deep that deeply involved with it. There's certain things that you pay attention to There's certain things that they catch your eye differently. Um, just because you're, you're actually in, and not only dealing with athletes, you see how other people view their finances. You see how other people view numbers and the economy and just their strategies. So you're able to take that and just make more educated decisions when it comes to, you know, what you want to do on the finance side.
0: It's really invaluable, the lessons I'm sure that you've learned, because a lot of people, I think it's a very small percentage of people, actually, that invest their money, or even know how to invest their money.
1: It's not as complicated as you think, and because um, I I would almost equate it like doctors go to school to be doctors, lawyers go to school, to be lawyers, you know, athletes have a certain skill set, and a lot of people try to do all things. I, I think it's smart to you know, find a reputable firm, find a reputable advisor so that they can help you, you know, manage your life and manage your finances. The fee that you pay on the front end is definitely worth it to know that when you transition out, you have a good plan in place um, and you don't have to worry about what's going to happen next.
0: I've never gotten into money myself, that's something that I still have to explore. So, you've really piqued my interest. I'm like, maybe I should take more time, especially now that I'll be. <laughs> You know, working for myself in the future, and and I don't have my 401k through a company. It's something that I think everybody should educate themselves on.
1: You should. I I mean, just starting with anything, like anything. Just people think that you you have to hit some type of goal, and the reality is, like, the sooner you start, the better it is, because you get a plan in place. Things are going to compound. You start to build up a habit of saving, a habit of investing. And it's long-term. So people are looking at the market every day saying it's up and it's down. When the reality is, if you have a plan that works for you long-term, then that's all that matters.
0: It's about the long game. A lot of people think about the short game. But, um, you know, paying off things is smart. And then also investments that grow over time instead of, you know, you want this quick return in a year. It's not really going to happen.
1: The short game never works in in anything in life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's true, that's very true. So I read your letter and watched your story that you came out with and it really touched me. Um, I hadn't heard of that before and I thought everybody should watch your video and listen to what happened to you. Um, Stories of people who overcome things really inspire and motivate me. So I want to get a little bit more into your accident because I'm sure it was just like a regular day. It started that way.
1: Well, yeah. And, and I think the one thing that I think from that is that every day starts out as a regular day and you never know what's going to happen. So it's important to make the most of that, that day or that opportunity or be in the moment. When I left to go riding ATVs with, with friends, I never expected that that would result in my hand being amputated in any shape, form, or fashion. So... For me now, I, I just think that that opportunity has taught me that tomorrow truly is not guaranteed. It, it taught me that whatever you have on your plate right now, you, you should do it. Whatever is on your mind right now, whether it's that to start investing, start today. Whether it's to get in shape, start today. Whether it's you know to start a business or to make a call, like do everything right now because you, you just don't know what tomorrow holds. Whether it's could be a fatal accident, which mine easily could have been, or it results in something that's super traumatic that you just never expected.
0: Tomorrow is a place where things never get done.
1: Yeah, to, to, tomorrow is 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 one of those fairy tale lands that everybody expects that something magical is gonna happen when today is really you know where all the good stuff happens.
0: Exactly, you have to say yes to everything. That's my thing. Everything. <clears throat>
1: No, you don't have to say, you have to say well, yes to the things well, that you every, actually want. Yes,
0: everything that makes you feel
1: good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like, should cause correct I, myself. That's the other thing. I think people, like, life is so short. That's the one thing that I realized is that in you, people get bogged, bogged down doing so many things that they don't want to do, whether it's, you know, going to a job that they don't want to be at or being around a certain environment that they don't want to be at or doing a certain thing that they want to do and they're saying yes to these things that they don't want. When reality, reality out should say no and start to move closer to the things that, They actually want like everybody, I think, has like this North Star that they want to hit and they make excuses for the reasons why they haven't done all the time. It's not right. Oh, this is that. Oh, I have to wait on this. When in reality, they should just go for it now.
0: I totally agree. I think that's what the whole message of the show is and my podcast is that you can take a chance on yourself at any point in time and turn it around, kind of reinvent yourself and take yourself in the direction that you've always wanted to go in. And I want to talk about what you went through mentally and emotionally while you were going through your injury because when I was watching your video, I think they talked about how you had to amputate your four fingers, but you tried to save them. It didn't work, and you had to take them out, and you know, then you were just left with your thumb. So when I was watching that and listening to you, my heart broke because it was like each time you had to do that, it probably hurt you more and more. And I want to know like how you coached yourself through this time, how you dealt with feeling this way, and how you were able to rebuild yourself from it.
1: Well, it's one of those things that when I first met with the doctor, that that was the original plan and knowing that once you lose them, that you can't get them back. Right. So then, um, it was just, you know, one of those things that like, Hey, let's, let's just try and see if, if we can make it. And in trying and seeing, we were able to save the thumb versus losing the hole in hand, which I'm very appreciative just because my surgeon was so skilled. Um, but you, you go through different emotions. You go through shock. You go through, you know, hurt. You go through true pain. You go through, you know, depression from times to times. And I think the only way to come out of that is to get the proper help, you know, whether it's going to, to right therapists or counseling or being in positive environments, just so you don't let yourself sneak into a place of, of, of no return, um, I, I think that. That's one of the things that I'll share. Anybody that's going through anything, uh, the person isn't always equipped to deal with it by themselves. So in being able to seek the right type of help, it helps you just move forward so that you don't have a, you know, quote unquote relapse, whether that's mentally or physically or whatever else you, you, you were dealing with originally.
0: I think a lot of people get caught up in that trap of feeling sorry for themselves and not connecting with someone or the appropriate person to help them through it because it's um, not something that's talked about a lot like going to go and seek help through somebody else instead of self-medicating or you know dealing with it on your own I so I think that that's great advice as someone who's going through something currently you know I'm seeing someone and talking through things and I think if people don't give themselves that opportunity, they're really hurting themselves because it needs to be brought out in order for you to heal from it.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: What are you doing now since your injury?
1: So for me, there's really three things, you know, outside of my, my true personal life, my personal relationships that I'm, I'm focused on. The first is just continuing to speak to, I think, being able to help people, with whatever they're, they're dealing with through through my experience. I, ho- hopefully, I can reach a lot of people and impact them for the good. And then, just for uh, being a former athlete and understanding just the transition that athletes have to go through, just continuing to help athletes in their goals to figure out what life after their their sport is. And then, lastly, just from a philanthropy side, going through you know the amputation process and understanding the highs and lows of that and the adjustment is just having a soft spot for kids, so creating a foundation that will help them get their prosthetic devices paid for. We're going to do a tennis tournament next year, uh, which I'm really excited about.
0: That's amazing that you're getting into doing that work, because those kids deserve everything.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're they're like the little uh, superheroes, so um, we're we're going to hopefully give all of them their quote-unquote cape um, to to help them move forward.
0: (laughs) Did you have someone like that supporting you as you got your prosthetic?
1: Well, the, the first person that I um, I really connected with through this whole process was a guy named Jared Wallace, who he's a Paralympic sprinter. And he actually went to the same school that, that I went to. And, and, and talking to him and seeing how he came on the other side was very therapeutic for me. And, you know, no one knows what it feels like to be an, an amputee unless they've gone through it. So just in we should all share the same journey, the same community, and just want to just continue to empower that that community and just seeing how he lives his life now and he's sprinting after losing a leg and, you know, he's doing all these different water sports. It's very freeing when you get these devices because it doesn't give you all the function back, but it gives you, you know, some type of function back, some type of, of pride back. So being able to assist kids with that is something that, uh hopefully I can do for the the rest of life.
0: Well that's very admirable and thank you so much for taking your platform and doing that kind of work. You know, I think that more people need to spread that kind of love and, and caring to others and we would probably be better off.
1: Yeah, we're all one big happy family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what inspires you or who inspires you?
1: I think now is life. Like life, whatever it is that you were designed to do, whether it's to play sports or it's to teach or it's to coach or it's to, you know, be in business, be a mother, be a father. Reaching the highest potential of myself is what inspires me every day. So making strides to to do those things. So the things that I think of, uh, the things that I just mentioned, is how, how can I do those at the highest Levels of my potential and not making excuses along the way as to why I'm not doing what I need to do every day
0: now is that an internal drive, or do you do that for your family like why are you so inspired to do your best in life? What is it that tells you to do that
1: well I, I think it's it's always been that way um I think when you whenever you you make it to like the highest levels of like whatever your sport is. You have that competitive drive, but now just an understanding that I feel like I'm living off borrowed time almost, you know, uh, post, post-accident. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I easily, you know, could have died in that moment right there. So life isn't to be wasted now. It's to aggressively go after all the things that I need to.
0: All right amazing how you've been able to heal your body to see the positives and everything that you've gone through
1: life should be lived like I, i'm not a person that likes to be negative uh, especially not now so i think even if you go through a situation that um is i don't say negative or traumatic or just not how you expected it it's up to you to just continue to understand that Life has way more highs than it does lows. And then trying to figure out ways to get back to those highs is what you should do and not soak in the lows too much.
0: And what are some of those habits that help you soak in those highs? Are you doing daily affirmations? Do you just spend a lot of time with loved ones? Or what do you do that brings you back to that high?
1: Uh, so I'm, I'm being in a faith. So just continue to stay grounded, reading the Bible, you know, make, making sure that you know I'm, I'm aligned there spiritually. Uh, big on relationships so I enjoy being around people that I love being around so just continuing develop those deep relationships and then just begin to just taking care of yourself so for me getting up every day to work out making sure I eat the right foods um you know just really taking care of myself so that I, I can just feel good mind- body and Spirit
0: So, how would you define success? Is it about money? Is it about happiness? What is that about to you?
1: It's different for everyone. I think, um, you know, there's some people who are overly successful who don't have high paying jobs, and there's certain people that are overly successful that have high paying jobs. I, I don't like to, you know, put a number on it or status on it or, you know, where you live or what you drive. Just success is different. It's if you're happy with wherever you think your potential is supposed to take you, that's success. And making the strides to reach whatever that is. For some people, the potential may be to be, I don't know, a Hall of Fame type player. Another person may be to be, you know, Forbes person of the year. Another person may just be to be a great mother, to be a great son, daughter. Uh, So, whatever it is that, like the potential of what you're trying to accomplish in that moment in life is what success is.
0: I definitely agree. To me, success is happiness in what you do and who you're with.
1: Yeah, I I try not to put pressure on other people, you know, to make me happy. I I try to make sure that I I do that by myself. Um, And I try to just every day, just continue to work towards my goal, playing the long game.
0: That's good advice. Where do you see yourself in the future? Uh,
1: In in the future, just uh, those those three things. for me being very specific with what I'm trying to go after and, and not trying to do too much just so that I don't spread my efforts too thin. But if I were to look up five years from now, um, from a foundational standpoint, just being able to gift as many kids with, um, the resources to get their devices would, would definitely be a win to have a full fledged platform that helps athletes, um, In their professional transition, that would be a win. And that just from being able to speak and impact people, just continue to do that at a high level, that would be a win. And then from a uh, personal standpoint, just making sure that all the relationships that I care about are in right standing, that um, spiritually I'm still aligned, and that physically I'm taking the best care of my body. Those will all be wins. I'd be a very happy individual.
0: Well, it sounds like you're already on your way there. You've done so much. So, uh try
1: try to get there try, try to make the most of it every day. <laughs>
0: it's very admirable. It's something I think a lot of people should take into practice. Um I guess my last question for you would be um something that, you know, Oprah asks all the time, which I love. Um what would you tell your younger self?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I would tell my younger self to do the things that I know I should do even when I don't want to. And with like I've had a chance just to, while rehabbing, just self-reflect off of, you know, just taking inventory of everything I had done up until that point in life. Um, Just, you know, the little things of getting up, you know, and making sure I work out or uh, making sure that I call, you know, and checking up on the people that I need to check on or putting in the extra time and the work to do a certain thing. So... You never know if you'll get an opportunity to do what you're supposed to do again. So while you have the opportunity to do it, just do it. So those, those are some of the things, even when it stresses me out of my comfort zone, I try to make sure that I do those things, whether it stresses me and, you know, from a time commitment or a, you know, I have to make an investment in something that I'm, I may not you know want to do, but just making sure that I, do the things that I know I'm supposed to do in the moment I'm supposed to do.
0: I think that's great advice because so often we don't want to do those things. And sometimes you don't have the opportunity to do them later and it really hits you. And that regret is something that people shouldn't have to live with if they just, you know, listen to the advice you're giving your younger self and just did it in the moment.
1: For sure. I I don't think you'll ever regret doing what you're supposed to do. Even if it doesn't work out and you knew you were supposed to do that, you can live with that, right. which you can't live with not knowing what would have happened as you done what you're supposed to do.
0: Right. I think a lot of people also think of it as, um, like, when they have to do those things, they think of it like I have to do them, not like I get to do them.
1: And you should want to do them. Yeah, you get, it, to, it, it you, yeah you, you get to
0: want to do them, and you get to do them. It's an honor to live life and, and have things to be able to do, you know?
1: For sure, 100%.
0: So I'm just so thrilled that we had the opportunity to talk today. Where can people follow you on social media and connect with you?
1: So all my social media handles are at Iron Massaquah. I've taken the the Iron Man moniker um, (laughs) with with my new Bionic device. So at Iron uh, Massaquah is all my social media handles. So follow me, uh, check me out. I'll follow you back, comment on different things.
0: Yeah, I've already started following your stuff. You're very inspirational. And I'm just so, I feel very blessed just to be able to talk to you today and and listen to your story.
1: Well, thank you for the platform that you created. I know you're going to inspire a lot of people just by taking this journey. So congrats to you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that's my goal is um, taking my second chance and inspiring other people that they can have their second chance or third or fourth or fifth, whatever it is, whatever it takes, you know, you can chase your dreams and do what you want to do as long as you're committed.
1: For sure, as long as you live and you have a chance.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's so funny that you talk about like going outside of your comfort zone, you know, and then, I mean, I feel like that's what I do like now as a podcast host, like I'm constantly talking to people that I don't really know. Um, I'm just like kind of connecting with and I get so um excited with this energy that people are changing their lives and coming out of things and making something new for themselves out of like a quote unquote failure or a tragedy or whatever sort of you know negative event and they and they turn it into a positive and um and i it's really been a very exciting journey to to do this and you know, every day is a new day with this game. So I'm just really excited to have the opportunity to talk to you.
1: For sure. A long game. You're going to look up in a few years and be right where you want to be.
0: I feel like I'm already on my way there, you know. That's exciting. And I definitely know that you, you've you been there and are back on. Well, you're there now. But you're just doing amazing things. And right, Thank you. the work that you're going to do with the kids and other people in fitness in that industry where you're teaching them. You know about their finances obviously who doesn't watch ballers with the rock it's something <laughs> it's something that happens. you hear about it a lot you know um, yeah for real but you know pro ballers like you oh my god steve weatherford when he got into his accident and he walked away from that like those these are people that i look up to that i really um you know, you can take anything from an injury or a tragedy and, and make it a negative. But you guys make things positive and continue to advocate for others. It's very uh, honorable. You know, yeah, thank you. Thank I you. I don't know the other word, but it's, it's nice that you're passing it forward.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you taking your time. And I hope that we can connect in the future. That would be really cool. Uh, maybe you can come on again if you have something that you want to talk about. But, yeah, I'd love to maintain this relationship.
1: Sounds good. I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. And I I know that you're already feeling better and on the mend, but I, I wish you the best.
1: Thank you so much. You too.
0: Thank you. I'll talk soon. Right. Oh, and tell your friend, Hakeem Nix, that I love him. And um, and I said hi, even though he doesn't know me.
1: All right. <laughs> <Thank you. down. laughs> I'll see you <the laughs>
0: And I'll interview <laughs> him anytime.
1: <laughs> All right. Sounds good.
0: Thank you so much, Mo. Have a great day.
1: All right. You the Chris. Right. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And if you, yourself, or someone you know have a story you want to share with me, please email me at chrissyclemente at gmail.com. Or you can apply to be on the show in my Instagram. If you click on the link tree, we can connect that way. Don't forget to hit subscribe for future episodes. And if you want more from me, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Christy Clemente. And on Instagram at Mrs. Motivation. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.